Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I'm your host, Sky Guasco. You are listening to the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. Please follow us on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore tckpod and on Twitter at tck underscore pod. You can find all of our rankings and multiple articles at tckpod.com. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. Not yet. Sorry, guys. I know I promised you a song, or at least I mentioned it. It ain't happening yet. I haven't had the time to write it. We'll just uh, we'll let that intro do the work for us today, get you bumping. Welcome back to a Stat Rat episode here on the Candlestick Kids podcast. This is TCK Pod episode 281, people. Big number. Go shout out Sky. Give him a congratulations on his longevity. At uh, TCK underscore pod if you want to get him on Twitter. At Fantasy Football underscore TCK pod on Instagram. Or go to the website, TCKpod.com. Hit the contact us button. You can find him there as well. Sky's a great dude. All the guys over there at TCK are fantastic to work with. But we know why you keep coming back. It's for the Stat Rat episodes. It's your boy Dweez Nuts. All Z's, no S's. At Dweez Nuts. Just like that on Twitter. Instagram as well. But you're blowing smoke up the wrong pipe. If you're looking for me there, guys, I'm just I'm just never around. Somebody, somebody will find me if you send me a message, though. Um, go ahead. Go ahead and shoot me word. I'd love to fucking hear from you guys. I'd love it. It'd be great. Uh, let's dive into this week's stat rat. We like to dig deep. We like to get to the truth about what's going on here, not just a 10,000 foot view of where a player's finishing at his perspective position this week, that week, or over the course of the season. Let's really find out what's going on to see who's worth a look, who's not worth a look. And I want to start out here and uh, I, I, have, uh, I have to look back to last week for a moment for you guys. First of all, I broke one of my golden rules last week, one of my golden fantasy football rules that I have had firmly in place for years. The rule is don't ever bet against Russell Wilson. Now, I know I didn't come right out and tell you that Tyler Lockett was a bad ad, that you should get rid of Tyler Lockett, but I certainly implied it enough as I was digging deep and showing you some of the stats I like to look at. I am so sorry. Mr. Russ and Tyler showed me just how wrong my implication was this past weekend. It'll never happen again. Those rules are there for a reason. However, I do want to just shout out my boy LaMichael Pirine for a second. He took 70% of the snaps last week. Pieces of that offense came back as I told you they would. And they looked pretty good against a pretty good Buffalo Bills defense. I'm just saying, LaMichael P. Ryan is a guy you want to own. Now, I'm not going to go into it again this week. If you want to know why, go find last week's Stat Rat episode. Uh, listen, skip the part about Tyler Lockett. Today, I'm going to tell you about a wide receiver that I think you should find a way to get on your roster because 
Bottom line, he's not going anywhere. This is Travis Fulgham, people. Now, Travis Fulgham, I know he broke out a few weeks ago in total vacuum of uh, wide receiver room that is the Eagles team. And he's had good production ever since. So he is on somebody's team somewhere in your league. But there's some concern. Alshon Jeffrey should be coming back here shortly. Jalen Rager just reactivated off of the injured reserve list. We know Goddard's going to be coming back soon. Ertz is going to be coming back soon. Deshaun Jackson's probably done for a career at this point. But people are concerned about a guy like Travis Fulgham, who maybe they picked up as a filler while the rest of the room was injured. If you can talk that owner into those concerns and convince him that he doesn't want a piece of this filler guy, this second-year nobody, Travis Fulgham, uh, then you should you should do that and put him on your roster. He's not going anywhere. Look, when Jalen Rager comes back, which probably won't be until Week 10. I know he was reactivated, but he'll be practicing. They have a bye on Week 9, so we expect some of these guys coming back maybe Week 10. Uh, but when he comes back, first of all, he's he's still a rookie. Okay, uh, he still he still needs to grow with that offense. He still needs to grow with that quarterback. Uh, he had a couple of big plays early on, but the bottom line is he hasn't had the opportunity to really get in sync with Carson Wentz and the play callers on that team. Travis Fulgham at this point, second-year guy, but his first year here with the Eagles, he's already had twice the snaps as Jalen Rager on the entire season. Five times the targets, by the way. By the time Rager comes back in Week 10, it'll be three times the snaps, six snaps and six times the targets. That is invaluable in this league. Timing just doesn't happen because you got two good athletes. It takes working together, and that's what Fulgham's done. When Je- Jefferson comes back, um, maybe a bit more of a concern. Let me back up for a second. Even if Rager does get it going pretty quickly with Wentz, these are two different guys. In limited work, Jalen Rager's looking at an 18.9 average depth of target. Fulgham's at 11.5, guys. They run different routes. I'm not super concerned. Will some of the target work be shifted over as a stud like Rager comes back? Uh, absolutely, yes, that'll happen. But he's certainly not going to put Fulgham on the bench. Alshon Jeffrey is a guy that does play a lot like Travis Fulgham does, though. So, so people might be a little more concerned there. Also might be back week 10. We don't know. This this injury, this list, Frank, has been going on a lot longer than people expected. So who really knows when he'll be back? And to be quite honest, guys, when he does come back, how long do you think that'll be for? This guy's had been in the league for eight years. This is his eighth year in his career here. He's been injured 15 separate times, 15 different injuries. We're not even talking about re-injuries. Okay, the only guy more frequent than that, or the only other guy anywhere near that frequent, I should say, is Deshaun Jackson. Twenty-one injuries in thirteen years, and we know Deshaun Jackson's injured. Well, look, we got an eight-year career with damn near the same amount of injuries for Jeffrey. I'm not concerned at all about Alshon Jeffrey. When Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz come back, um, maybe there's some concern there because you know these guys demand a lot of targets. But Richard Rodgers took eight targets last week. I know he's not Goddard or Ertz, but eight targets is a good amount of targets, and Fulgham was still able to get his. Uh, Not to mention in the three games that Fulgham played with Ertz, Fulgham out-targeted Ertz 26 to 23 over that time. They did play together for a while. So even though Goddard might come back somewhere around week 11, Ertz around week 11 or week 12, Jeffrey maybe in 10 and Rager in 10. I'm not super concerned. I do get a little more worried around the fantasy playoff time. So if all of these pieces are back around week 12, that might not be a 
something that you're all that excited about. So if you can get a Travis Fulgham on your team, keep him there for the next three or four weeks, win a few weeks, and then trade him at top value. That might be the best move here because look he's he's been a stud since week four when he started playing he is number five in targets in the league number five in touchdowns in the league number two in receiving yards he is the number one wide receiver in fantasy points people that includes Tyler Lockett's week this week Travis Fulgham is the number one fantasy scoring wide receiver and he's number 12 in red zone touchdowns for the entire season forget the fact that he didn't play the first three weeks of the year he's number 12 in the entire league in red zone touchdowns. He's somebody you want, at least for the time being. How about somebody that you don't want? How about a situation that you want to fucking avoid like the plague or like this plague, the COVID-19? That's the running back situation in Tampa Bay at this point. Okay. If you, if you're a Ronald Jones owner, you've gotten some good work on a Ronald Jones, hundred yards in each of the last three games with Leonard Fournette on the bench, two touchdowns in that time. And then Leonard Fournette comes back this week. Leonard Fournette outsnapped and outtouched Ronald Jones in his first week back from injury. Fournette even out-targeted Ronald Jones 7-2 in this game, guys. We saw him earn the work. We wanted the coaching staff to recognize that. That's what we were looking for, hoping for. It didn't happen. I don't believe it's going to happen they have the same amount of goal line work for crying out loud on the year. Each of them three carries. Neither one of these stands, these guys stands out as a particular role on this team that you can trust. There's not a pass catcher. Uh, in fact, these guys have gone back and forth on targets in the four games that they've played weeks one, two, three, and seven. Okay. In each following week, a different guy led the team in running back targets. In fact, in each following week, week after week, when these two guys were together, they went back and forth. In total touches, check this out. Week one, Ronald Jones had 16 touches to Fournette's nine. Week two, Ronald Jones had nine touches to Fournette's 16. Week three, Rojo went 15 touches to Fournette's nine. And then here in week seven, it was 17 to 14 in favor of Leonard Fournette. These guys are just going to swap back and forth. It gets worse than just swapping games, guys. Fuck's sake, in this game, this past game, week seven, they alternated quarters. They didn't alternate series. Nobody came in just as a spell guy. In the first quarter of that game, Ronald Jones had 86% of the total touches for the running backs on that team. In quarter number two, Leonard Fournette had 83%. In the third quarter, Ronald Jones is the only running back to touch the ball. And in the fourth quarter, Fournette had 70% of the touches. They just alternated fucking quarters. That is not something you want a piece of in fantasy football. My God, that is wildly unpredictable. We have no idea what's going to happen on this team. If you have Ronald Jones and you've been getting those points out of him and you're hoping maybe next week it'll go back to normal, please trade him. He did score a touchdown this week, so he might still have value. If people are just looking at the finished stat lines, Rojo finished higher than Fournette. So trade him. Please trade him. Please trade him. You don't want to touch this situation As good as this team might be, they're just going to use these guys interchangeably. And while that's great for that team, it's not fucking good for your team. All right, forget about guys we like. Forget about guys we don't like. We're going to look at strength of schedule. We've been doing this series. We've done running backs. We've done quarterbacks. We're going to talk wide receivers, strength of schedule. Going forward for the rest of the season, how does it get? What does it look like? Who's got an easy route to fantasy glory and who's going to struggle? Let's start on the positive side here. For the rest of the season, the best 
strength of schedule for fantasy wide receivers, uh, that'd be the Baltimore Ravens. Okay, this is easy. This is easy. Hollywood Brown has got to be a fucking target. You've got to be looking to put Hollywood Brown on your team. If you want to know more about this, go back a few weeks. Uh, Might have been week four. I talked about why Hollywood Brown was worth owning. I'm not going to rehash it. Go listen. These are short episodes. There's no reason not to. Number two easiest schedule, that's the Cincinnati Bengals. And that lines up nicely because no team has more pass attempts in the league than the Cincinnati Bengals. That's fucking great. Tyler Boyd is the eighth most targeted wide receiver in the NFL. The owner, the Tyler Boyd owner in your league, probably doesn't recognize his value. Maybe worth looking at. Hey, fuck, A.J. Green has 24 targets in the past two weeks, guys. 24 targets in the past two weeks. Only Devontae Adams has more targets in the last two weeks than A.J. Green, and he's free. Even as Higgins seems to be coming on more and more, A.J. Green, 24 targets in the last two weeks. And it was like 11 and 13. It's not 20 and fucking 4. Number three best schedule, that'd be the Washington football team. Terry McLaurin, that's easy. He's the only guy that you really want to own there. So far on this team, he has twice the target share as the next best guy, twice the catches, twice the receiving yards as the next best guy on this team. Terry McLaurin's your boy. Indianapolis is the number four best schedule for wide receivers. And this one's a really interesting thing for me because the wide receiving core for the Colts has been bad. Phillip Rivers is not really targeted targeting the wide receivers very much. Zach, Zach Pascal's had a good couple of games here and there, but there is hope. And the hope lies in a rookie in Michael Pittman, who should be, or at least he was a, at one point slated to come back this coming week. We'll see what happens. But if he's not back this week, he'll be back next week. He's on your waiver wire and nobody's going to go after him. I think you should. I think you should. Rivers hasn't been targeting these wide receivers very much, but I think there's a reason for that. He likes a particular type of guy. Let me give you some names. Obviously, Keenan Allen, Tyrell Williams, Michael Williams, Mike Williams, rather, Antonio Gates, Malcolm Floyd, Vincent Jackson. These are all guys that have been the leading receiver on a Phillip Rivers team. Now, let me tell you something that they all share in common. Okay. Kyle Allen's, or uh, Keenan Allen, sorry, is, is 6'2. He's, but he's a special human being. Okay. Other than that, Tyrell Williams is 6'3. Mike Williams and Antonio Gates are 6'4. Malcolm Floyd and Vincent Jackson were both 6'3. Five, Philip Rivers loves a huge-bodied wide receiver. He wants you to be bigger than everybody else to make his job easier than everybody else. Part of the reason that these running wide receivers aren't getting targeted, T.Y. Hilton's 5'9", guys. Zach Pascal's 6'2", just like Keenan Allen, but he's not Keenan Allen. He's not special fucking like Keenan Allen is. Michael Pittman, on the other hand, is a 6'4", 220-pound wide receiver who, who, you know, I said it, during the offseason, is the smartest wide receiver that came out in this draft class. He was my third favorite wide receiver in the class. I love the landing spot. I think going forward, once he steps in, there's no reason that he shouldn't be a stud on this team. He is the kind of guy Philip Rivers likes to throw to. So if you're going to go after anybody on the fourth easiest schedule for wide receivers, he's the one. How about number five? This one's interesting. It's the Cleveland Browns. Now that Odell Beckham Jr. is out for the rest of the year, torn ACL, is it Jarvis Landry? Is it Rashad Higgins who stepped up last night? Is it Donovan Peoples fucking Jones with a game-winning touchdown catch? I don't know. Worth watching, though. Certainly worth taking a flyer if you've got some bench spots on at least Higgins, if not DPJ. He had his first catch of the season last night. But Higgins, I think, is going to step into a nice role, nice volume role on a team that also throws the ball quite a lot. 
Sixth easiest schedule, it's Philadelphia Eagles. We talked about Fulgham already. You need to have him on your roster. I think Rager's worth going after, too. They will make the big plays, throw the big ball to him when he's back in there. Number seven is the New York Giants. You know I love me some Darius Slayton. He's had some struggle games, so has this whole offense. Sterling Shepard came back this past week and doubled Slayton's targets 8-4. to four. That's concerning for me. I'd buy a piece of Sterling Shepard if you could. I'd buy a piece of Darius Slayton if you could because they still liked Slayton. Slayton is still one of the most targeted wide receivers in the red zone in the league. Go get either one. Chicago has the eighth best schedule. A-Rob's your boy. Um, I like that Darnell Mooney. You know I like me some Darnell Mooney. Ninth best schedule. That is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, Keelan Cole had a down week this week, but... He's only one target behind DJ Chark on the season. Keelan Cole's had some big games. Both of these guys worth a look. Be wary, though. The coaching staff has made it clear. Gardner Minshew continues to struggle. He's getting benched. That would tank everything on this team. But there's some relatively easy schedules coming up. A look at those guys might be worth it. Keelan Cole's probably free unless you're in a deeper league. So put him on a roster. Let's see what happens. Let's look at the other side of this. Tough schedules. Tough sledding coming up. The... 24th best schedule. 24th best. What does that make? The 9th, 8th worst? The 8th toughest wide receiver schedule is Kansas City Chiefs. But I'll tell you what, nobody gives a shit. Doesn't fucking matter. 7th best, 7th toughest, rather. So New York Jets. Now, Jameson Crowder's really been the only guy worth looking at on this team at all. I know Denzel Mims comes back. Mims comes back. This past week, and people are excited. I'd be wary of Mims with this matchup. Crowder's a guy that... It doesn't really matter who's trying to cover Jamison Crowder. He can separate in a hurry with the best of them, which is why he's beginning so much work this year. This team is never going to be evenly matched. They're always going to be playing against teams better than them. I think Jamison Crowder's the guy. Mims will have your deep balls. But against some of these tough matchups, Mims will start seeing those number one corners on the outside because that's not where Crowder plays. So be wary coming out of this week. People are going to want to go after that Denzel Mims. Be wary. How about the sixth toughest schedule, the Miami Dolphins? Tough to say what the hell's going to happen here. Two is coming in to start next week. Should be interesting. Why the fuck would they sit fits? I don't know, but they did it. Parker seems to be struggling of late, though he still leads the team in targets and catches most weeks. People are asking, is Preston Williams back? He's scored a couple times now, but look, his three targets a game on average, I'm not convinced. Either way, we need to watch to see what this Tua team is going to look like. We don't know. I don't fucking know. Sixth toughest schedule, the Atlanta Falcons. Who gives a fuck? The wide receiving core is absolutely insane. San Francisco is the fifth toughest schedule. Ayuk has been struggling. Debo can't stay healthy. Not sure who to look at here. Kendrick Bourne, maybe. If Debo is, is healthy, they get him the ball in a lot of ways. Ayuk can be sneaky only if Debo goes down. I'm wary of all of them. New England's next at the fourth toughest schedule, but no thank you. None of them. Cam's a fucking trash quarterback. Denver Broncos, third toughest schedule. And you know what? I don't know. I don't know who to believe in here. Is it Tim Patrick? Maybe. One of my one of my co-hosts on uh, Your Football Fantasy, my podcast, said in the offseason that Jerry Judy is just a glorified T.Y. Hilton. And he's playing like that without the big plays, guys. Nervous here. Nervous here. Not sure what I'd do. KJ Hamler? I don't know. But uh, with a tough schedule, 
And Drew Locke just coming back, getting back healthy. I don't know. We'll see. Watch that team closely. Seattle's second toughest schedule for wide receivers, but who fucking cares? And the hardest schedule for wide receivers going forward, that's the Minnesota Vikings. I'm going to say watch out to Adam Thielen because as they play these tough, tough, tough defenses, he's going to see first chair coverage. Best cornerback covers um, going forward against Adam Thielen. Now, Adam Thielen's still been real good over the last four weeks. 23 catches on 33 targets, 274, and five touchdowns. Five touchdowns. I love me some touchdown upside. But in that same time, Justin Jefferson is 23 catches on 30 targets, just three less. 467 fucking yards and three touchdowns. Justin Jefferson is going to lead this team in receiving by the time the season is done. He is absolutely legit. If Michael Pittman was my third favorite wide receiver coming into this thing, you know Justin Jefferson was my first. That's a look at that strength of schedule there. Think about it. Think about how you're going to take advantage of your league mates and the schedule moving forward. Think about how you're going to you're going to unload Rojo at maybe past his prime but still peak value. And think about how Travis Fulgham's going to help you win the next four games and lock up a buy in your playoffs. That's it for me. I'm done. You can go please check us out on the TCK, the Candlestick Kids. New episodes of this podcast drop every single day of the week, people. You don't want to miss any of the content. So many good dudes dropping so much good information. At TCK underscore pod on Twitter. At fantasy football underscore TCK pod if you want to catch them on Instagram. I'm Dewey's Nuts. All Z's, no S's. Twitter's where I live. Twitter's where I love. I'll see you fuckers next week thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.